Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. For over 70 years, Hercules Tires has been empowering more drivers to ride on the strength of a brand that delivers the performance they demand, the choices they desire, and the affordability they deserve. Plus, the company's comprehensive warranty, called the Hercules Performance Promise Plan, ensures peace of mind to match performance. And now, they're putting a little bread behind the tread with a prepaid MasterCard for up to $70 on qualifying purchases from April 1st through May 15th. Visit HerculesTires.com slash Meat Eater to learn more and find what moves you. everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Tonight I have strange tales for you from the northwest of England. We have Perchman of Hindley, what was shaking the tree and some strange deer parts that were thrown around in the local woods. Now wherever you live in the world you will know of an urban myth or a local legend that's close to your hometown. Where I grew up in Salford, it was said that old Douglas would haunt the lanes and alleyways. You know, he was um, the owner of the workhouse and he'd ride his horse and catch any servant or child that was out after dark. There was also tales of the monks at the Curzel cell. I think it's the same for most of us. My school was full of older kids who warned us younger bit kids about the green hand in the basement. Tales passed down through families and shared from teenagers to younger kids. But where do these tales come from? Are they based in truth? Or are they cat's whispers that grow bigger and more wilder with each telling? The stuff of fairy tales and nonsense, some would say. But I don't believe that. There's a small area in Lancashire known as Hindley, an ordinary mill town in the northwest. Close to the railway station, there's an area of Greenbelt land that has an urban myth all of its own. The fishermen who frequent the area and the kids who play in the woods talk of the perchman, who has red glowing eyes and he watches people from the trees and the bushes. Generations of kids swear someone they know has been terrified after seeing perchman. He would watch as they played and then chase them from the trees, usually after dark. It said he had gills and glowing red eyes. One night in the 1980s, three young friends who had played in the woods most of their young lives had a frightening encounter 
which is still puzzling them all these years later. It's also an area where there have been a number of strange animal mutilations of late. One post provided by one of our BBR members from a Hindley Facebook group stated that over the last few months, a number of deer body parts had been mutilated and thrown around within the woods. This was also discussed via local radio and many other people also reported they too had seen numerous deer, parts of deer strewn around in the woods. Myself and fellow investigators Carolyn Smith and Mick McLaren went out to the area to film where the witness was yesterday. We went to the area where he was scared from the woods. The young man's experience is very close to a number of new reports that have come in over the last few weeks. Those reports are between Winter Hill, the Hindley area and other parts of the North West and there are 23 reports of unexplained phenomena. In a number of those reports, Red Eye Shine is mentioned and Perchman is said to have the same red glowing eyes. These 23 reports range from upright, hairy, wolf or bear-like creatures, UFO events, poltergeist activity, a number of unexplainable light objects moving across the road in front of vehicles. One of our BBR members who is assisting with the investigation also has a lead on a story at nearby Haycar. Local residents have reported a strange Bigfoot-type creature in the Hall's woodland grounds. Now, as I say, I went up there to, um, to have a look at an area because the chap got in touch with me after seeing the deer leg report and saying that, you know, something happened to me in the 80s and I've never really come to terms with it. What was shaking that tree? Hi, Deborah. It's taken me a long time to contact you. I've gone back and forth on whether I should report this for a long time now. I have some confusion about an event I had back in the 80s when I was about 12 or 13. But after a long illness, I've decided to share what happened in the hopes somebody local may be able to shine some light on what happened to us that night. I lived in the Hindley area of Wigan, and as kids, we'd go down to the deep pit, as it's called locally. The area is made up of old mine shafts um, that are now capped off most of them, and some are filled with water, that people use as fishing holes for lodges. It's the Greenbelt land, you know, lots of grass, small wooded areas, lots of streams. The area is mainly made up of grassland with small woodlands and lots of land that's just been left to nature on the edge of town. It's also bordered by a number of commons and golf courses. Now, he says, I remember when this happened, it was at the end of summertime and it was really, really hot. That night, I was with two of my friends and one of them suggested we head over to the deep pit and see he was out night fishing. We were a bit of a loss to do something, but I was a bit reluctant due to the local tale of Perchman. People would say, don't go down there or Perchman will get you. Perchman said to have red eyes and gills. Everybody here says it, and they always have. But with a bit of peer pressure, and with one good torch and a small one between all three of us, that's where we headed. It was only around 10pm, but it had already gone dark. There's no lighting down there, so it's pretty dark. We headed to the square lodge, as usual. 
there were now there would normally be quite a few people out fishing. But that night, there was just one old chap sitting there. He was fishing on the square lodge on his own, and it was pretty silent. My mate was shining his torch, and the old chap told him off as he kind of shined it in his face. So my friend put the torchlight to the ground, and we headed over to the deep pit. Now, the deep pit was bubbling away and was really dark, and there was no wind that night. The deep pit is a dangerous area and many people have lost their lives there. The water here is black and freezing cold a few feet below the surface. All you can see in the distance is the lights of the cars along the lane. There's an old railway embankment and a golf course. The water in the pit was making a popping noise and we saw a lot of fish. We started to walk around the lodge just talking and taking our time as it was dark. There was a large tree in the tree line. It wasn't a sapling, but a good, sturdy, Y-shaped tree. And something suddenly started shaking it. There was no mistaking what was happening. The tree was being shook from side to side, which honestly was impossible. At first, we thought it was someone playing tricks on us. Why we thought that, I don't know. No one had been able to move it that way. We didn't hear any jeering laughter or feet running away. Just a violent shaking of the tree. It moved, whoosh, whoosh, over and over, side to side. Other than the tree moving, everything else out there was silent. Even though we were scared, we still went over to the tree to see if anyone was hiding behind there. When we got to the tree, there was nobody in sight. At this point, I remember I was so shook up. I weighed up the fact that I was bigger than my mates and could probably beat them out of there. That's how scared I was. I set off running for home. And even though I was running flat out and one of my friends ran past me, I was running full pelt. So he must have been moving even quicker. We didn't stop running until we got to the main road. I was shaking. I couldn't work out what had happened and how it had happened. I told myself it was someone playing a trick on me. But inside, all these years, I know that's not what happened. I mean, I had to agree with him on that. <clears throat> Normally, when somebody's playing a trick on you, they like to let you know that, you know, they fooled you kind of thing. Went down to the area and had a look and you definitely hear somebody running out. There's a lot of ground cover, even in in the winter. Um, there was when I was there. Now, this tree was not spindly or weak, he said. It was a thick Y-shaped tree and it was moving from side to side and nothing could be seen there moving it. There was no gang of other kids, no adults shaking the tree and certainly no machine or tractor moving it. Over the years, we have mentioned it to each other. We've asked our mates if they've experienced anything weird down there. And one of my mates said one day he was on the Wooche, which is a local place where there's a huge slag heap and it's all overgrown and left to nature. My friend was with his brother and another lad and they were out on their off-road bikes and they saw a large hairy set of legs up in a tree. They were that scared they left as fast as they could. Could those hairy legs be connected to the tree shaking? Is there a connection 
between the dairy remains that are being found, tree shaking and the strange creatures reported in the area and the red eye shine. Are the mine pits and tunnels the homes of these creatures? What lurks in the dark deep water that has red eyes and can scare and terrify the locals? If we head north of here, there's another report on the golf course from children who saw a very strange hairy creature. On the day I went up to investigate the area, we bumped into the local water bailiff and he was happy to chat with us. I asked him if he'd heard of any paranormal events in the area. He said he hadn't, but he was not surprised we were hearing of them due to the lodge's history. A number of people had died within the mines themselves and the deep pit has a number of accidental or intentional deaths. One poor boy was bullied into the lake and sadly he drowned due to some local man aged 27 at the time who kept throwing things at him until he drowned. That boy, poor boy was only 17 and he was pushed into the deep pit. And the man who did it was Drew McGrail, a 27-year-old, and he was convicted of manslaughter. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I also asked the bailiff about the deer parts that had been reported in the woods. And he said he didn't really know anything about it. But he said he had seen deer moving through there towards the golf course on many occasions. This is the interview. With me, and Mick. We're in the Hindley area, very close to the Iron Bridge, and the Iron Bridge is the area where a number of deer parts have been thrown around. A gentleman who knows of BBR saw that report and it reminded him of something that happened when he was a young lad, probably about 12 or 13 years of age. He was down here with two of his friends. Um, his friend initially asked him, you know, summer's night at the end of the end of summer. It's a really hot night. And he said, come on, let's go down to the deep pit. And he was like, oh, don't know. I'm a bit worried about the Perchman legends. Now, we don't know if that's an urban myth from around here or there's some nugget of it based in truth. We're not really sure. So he comes down with his friends, as you do. And his friend's got a really good torch and he's got a not so very good torch. And they're trying to 
really navigate this area in the dark. Now there are a number of mine pits around, so it's quite a dangerous area really, but 12 or 13 year old boys don't seem to worry about things like that. So as they're coming in, there's an old chap fishing on his own, and he said normally there'd be lots of people down here night fishing, but that night there wasn't, it was just the one old fella. And he was a bit annoyed at them because of the torches, so they moved off, and this is why they came down this track. Now we're actually behind the trees, the trees are just over there, and it was while they were on this track that the tree started to shake violently from side to side. Now there was no wind, it was a warm, still summer's evening, and obviously being boys, they presumed, as I would have done, that it was another boy playing a trick on them. So even though they were frightened, they did run off the path behind the tree, and there was nobody there. And as I said to him, I would corroborate that normally when you play a trick on somebody, you jump out of the bushes because you want them to know that you've fooled them. And that's what they were expecting. But that didn't happen. They didn't hear feet running away. And you would hear feet running away in this area. It's very, very, very twiggy. And, you know, there's so much underbrush that you would definitely hear someone running away. And honestly, it's very thick with mud. You would see footprints or at least a trail of something. But there was absolutely nothing. So they just hot-legged it. He said he remembers a moment where he actually weighed up his friends and he worked out that because he was bigger than them, he'd probably be able to get out of here quicker, and that's what he did. And he said as they were running, one of his friends was running so fast that he overtook him. He got to the main road, they were, you know, heaving and out of breath, and whenever they've asked anybody about it, people have said, oh, it's Perchman. Now, Perchman, as I said before, he said to have red eyes. Now, if we followed this area north, using these golf courses and the old land, pit land, we would end up at Winter Hill that Mick and Carol Ann have been investigating and we have a number of red eye reports at Winter Hill. If we go southeast of this area we meet up with the ram at Pennington Flash and the gorilla that was seen close to the M6. So it does seem quite an active area and being in here today it's a very good area to hide. The ponds are stocked, there's lots of wildlife here there are some foods, but it's not spring yet, so we can't really see what natural spring coming in. But yeah, you can imagine being out here at 10.30 at night, in the dark, with just your friends, and something starts to violently shake a tree. What would you do? I was contacted also by a chap on YouTube who told me that he knew of Perchman and the local legends, and he also told me about another local tale. And that is Red Clogs the Miner. Now, Red Clogs is a terrible story of a miner who worked in one of the local pits. It was said he suffered a horrible accident where he was crushed and he died from loss of blood. The blood stained his clogs red, hence the name. Now, Red Clogs would wander around the old slag heaps, stopping the kids from playing on the dangerous ground. People told tales of having their tents crushed by Red Clogs. Now, as I say, not too far away, there was a report taken by Simon Clark, who is a BBR member, an investigator, and he was doing a talk in Wigan, which Hinley is in Wigan, and he took a report from a local woman who'd also had a strange experience down in the area many years ago when she was a child. She said that herself and a group of friends had gone to play in the woods as usual, 
And there was an old slit in the rocks in the woods and that's where they went to play. They called it the cave. Now this cave, and we use that term um, ironically, had a low, wide opening. Now the other children would go in, but she didn't. She wasn't comfortable in narrow spaces. So she stayed outside with the dogs. On this occasion, the dogs heard something. So they dashed off to investigate. She didn't mention what the dogs were, but she did say they were quite happy taking on an Alsatian. They weren't really scared of anything. And she was so shocked when they came running back to her less than a minute later. They stayed put for a while and then went to investigate another sound. And this time when they came back, they had their tails between their legs. By now, all of the other children had re-emerged from the cave. They'd all heard something moving in there that didn't sound right. So as kids do, they started running. Straight home would have taken them past the noise, so they had to run towards the golf club. After a while, as they were running, they all saw something impossible to explain other than it, and they all said it. The lady couldn't describe what it was, just the it was running towards them. Its description was six to seven feet tall, it had broad shoulders and chest, and it was completely covered in hair. She said that as the dogs ran past the children, they had their tails between their legs, <clears throat> pardon me, and they left the kids behind. And this is when she got frightened. The kids turned and ran back the way they'd come. And thankfully, they didn't see anything else of the creature. Here are some of the other reports from the area. A strange orange light crashes in a Wigan Park, January 95. Several witnesses saw a UFO soaring towards the ground and apparently land in Inns Park. Now, the initial sighting was reported to police by a taxi driver from Freeway Taxis, who described the object as an orange globe. The police were quick to respond, but on arrival at the sign, no debris could be found. Now, the police spokesperson said there was absolutely nothing to suggest that a plane had crashed into the area. Following procedures, we contacted aircraft control to see if they could throw any light on the matter, but they knew as little as we did. It'll probably remain in mystery. The taxi driver was not the only witness that night, though. A paper boy, Sebastian Willerton, and his friend, Anthony Bayliss, also saw the luminous object. At first, he said, I thought it was someone mucking about with fireworks. Sebastian told John Peake of the Wigan Reporter, I realised it wasn't, and I saw it looked like a plane that had crashed. John Peake also uncovered another witness who recalled it was close to eight o'clock and I was walking up Manchester Road, not paying much attention as it was very cold and I was well wrapped up. I couldn't help noticing though, something not so far in the distance dropping out of the sky. It looked very much like a light aircraft and it went down in the vicinity of Inch Park. Something I found a little odd at the time, he said, was before the object crashed, if it did crash, it seemed to pause above the ground for a split second. It was only a split second, he said, and I can offer no explanation as to why this might have happened, if it was an aircraft. On the night in question, Bill Etock, the Quest International Local Investigator, had noticed an unusual triangular-shaped UFO 
past very low by his computer room window. He lives a short distance from Inns Park. However, he saw nothing of the crash. Investigating further, he discovered on visiting the park that a number of trees had been either been cut or knocked down. There were several circular holes that had been freshly gored out in the grass and there were dead fish floating in the park lake. On later questioning local residents, he discovered that there had been a lot of activity in the park on that night. And when the locals went to investigate, they found one area of the park cordoned off, protected by men in light-coloured overalls. When the residents questioned the men in the overalls, they were told by the, pe- by the people that they were from the Ministry of Defence. Did a plane crash or did a UFO land near Wigan in late 95? There's certainly enough sighting reports of craft in the sky in 1995. It has all the marks of Wigan's ancestor as well, said the newspaper. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say it is a very, very active area. As I said before, we have around, if you say, say from Charlie to Salford, there are probably around 35 active investigations. One of those areas is West Orton. Not too far from me, like two miles from me up the road. And we have the West Horton poltergeist. Now, a woman from West Horton, I think it was Daisy Hill, reported that a poltergeist has returned to haunt her estate. And baffled council bosses today admitted there's something going on. We just don't know what it is. Mother of three, Elizabeth Holton, says the spirit has moved from the original house in Wingate's Grove where it was blamed for unexplained happenings, affecting another family five years ago. Mrs Hutton, aged 27, believes the poltergeist had come back to her semi-detached home, just two doors away, and attached itself to her. She said the bedroom ceilings had been dripping with a baby oil-type liquid, in exactly the same way as the first house. She said her tot had spoken to a little man in his bedroom on many occasions and her husband, John, had seen a ghostly figure at the bottom of the stairs. Now, the house's plumbing and heating systems kept working and breaking down, but the engineers could find nothing wrong. The council have taken samples of the baby oil liquid, but they say the results of the tests were inconclusive. They couldn't work out what it was because the sample wasn't large enough. Mrs Hilton claimed some council workers had grown too scared to enter the house. She said, I'm quite intelligent and rational. I didn't believe it was a poltergeist at first, but he always felt like somebody was there and there wasn't anyone. I would go to sleep and wake up and sit bolt upright, expecting somebody to be there. Mrs Hilton, who is now separated from her husband, and he's living in Liverpool with her three children, said the haunting started about a year ago when some radiators began to act strangely. Then in June, her two-year-old son began seeing a little man, sometimes sitting on his bed and sometimes in the corner of the bedroom. Mrs Hulton explained the little man used to sit on his bed, tell him stories and talk to him, and he used to wake him up and play with him. He would see him on and off about five times a week. 
He didn't seem all that bothered about it and didn't scare him. But my two elder children were afraid to go upstairs on their own. The ceiling then became wet, but the council plasterer couldn't find what was causing the damp. Mrs Hulton said the haunting stopped when she moved to Liverpool. But each time she has visited the house again, a terrible stench is present on the day before she is due to arrive. Mrs Hulton added, there's something wrong with Wingate's Grove. You walk there at night and it's terrifying. It just feels weird. Honestly, it's jinx. I sat up and counted and all but four houses have had people who have been married, but then that marriage has broken up. It's now happened in two houses and it's going to happen again. It's just a question of when. A spokesperson of Bolton Council said, the substance which appeared in the house has now apparently stopped. We have a sample of wallpaper analysed which had this substance on it, but the results were not conclusive. Last time we called in a medium and we might have to do that again. There's something going on there, but we don't know what it is. Now the house appears to have gone back to normal. Apart from a window which mysteriously keeps opening, new tenant Susan Barton, who's lived there for 18 months, said nothing's been happening except in the room where it was considered to be going on before. In there, the window keeps opening. I don't think there's anything here, but I can't explain the window opening. The 35-year-old mum of two said she wouldn't move even if the poltergeist came back to the estate. I like it here, she said. I plan to stay. Now, another report came in to Mick McLaren and it was from a lady who was remembering a strange event that she'd had with a phantom dog. And I'm going to play that interview for you now. When I was 14, and I, I know what I saw, but um, it was... Um, it, 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 you see, my friend lived on George's Lane. Yeah. And um, we were just uh, messing about in the field at the end of a... Cottages. Well, you know the bungalow is the, yeah. the last bungalow. When we was in that field, and we were just like messing about with horses, stroking horses and everything. And then all of a sudden, I just got surrounded by this mist. Yeah. And it were, and I was just. It was like halfway up the field, and my friend was just a, a few meters away, and uh, I just got surrounded by this mist. And I couldn't see out of this mist, and all of a sudden I heard this harsh rear up. And I just looked up the field, and I saw this like it, it were like it looked real, like an apparition, but looked real as well. It was like in between, it was like a, a grey white. And I looked, and it was a horse rearing up on its side, as though it was looking down at me. Yeah. And I, I don't remember what time it was. It was about dusk. It was, it was quarter to seven at night. I just remember between quarter to seven and quarter past seven at night. Yeah. And then, it, as he was looking down at me, I remember seeing all this chain mail up his leg and, he, and these boots that he had on. And um, it was like an armour, like a suit of armour. And uh, when I looked towards his head, it was just all mist. You couldn't see his head or anything, it was just mist. But what what I think it is, um, there's an, uh, a Bronze Age burial ground across the moors, which goes towards um, Angles Ark. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're on about Rowan Loaf. I think, I know it's 
so silly and they go on about Edward Salzman and everything, but I think it's, that comes from the Bronze Age burial ground. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm almost sure because it's just little things that, uh, <laughs> that, that I've seen. And I mean, I have um, a friend, well, he's it, it like, it's like a half cousin and he's, I put it on Facebook and he saw what, what I, ex- exactly what I saw. Yeah. And he, and he said he saw it near um, the Chinese gardens. He said he saw it racing, racing across the Chinese gardens. Exactly the same thing what I saw. And um, he, he said so. He, he said it's definitely it's definitely true. And I mean, a lot of people when they walk on the moors, which they call Noon Hill at the back, yeah, heard horses' hooves and run past them. There's been nothing there. Yeah, me and my partner were up near uh, Grayton uh, a few months back and we heard horses' hooves. We looked around us and, and there were nothing around. Uh, how, long, how long ago was that? This was about two months ago. And whereabouts was it? Grayton, you know, like um, where New Nil is and you yeah, look uh, into the valley, it's yeah. opposite there. Well, apparently, it's supposed to haunt all around Noonell, around there. I mean, the thing is, I didn't even know about um, this ghost or apparition. Anyway, when I saw it, I just really, I just ran down the field and I said to my friend, Ron, so we got on the lane on George's Lane and we started running up the lane to the terraced houses where she lived. Yeah. And we went in and, you know, just, to tell her that's what I saw and he said oh you've seen the Edward Arseman and he just come out with it like that you know so he, he must know it's true so whether it is the Edward Arseman or uh, but it, when I mean I got these, these pictures of them at a bronze age and it showed these blocks on these horses and it was exactly the same as what I saw did you get that picture that I sent yeah I did yeah, yeah I did see it, it, it that's what I saw, and it was a white house with somebody, uh, this like block on it. And I mean, all I can explain is that I know what I saw. He had all chain mail and boots up his leg. And what I think he was doing, I think he was letting me know that he was there because we shouldn't have been in that field. And to me, I feel that he was protecting them asses in the field, and that's yeah. what I think. Uh, it, this is a field that's at the side of that last bungalow. Yeah, yeah, and it was halfway up on the right hand side. Yeah. And we shouldn't have been in that field, so I got that impression that you were trying to say you shouldn't be in this field and you were protecting the masters that were in that field, and that's that was my feeling, what I felt that I thought, to be honest. But, I mean, I've never seen anything since. But um, also, I'm going back years ago. There was an article in the Bolton Evening News that um, it, it wasn't about uh, the Edward Salzman. It was about it showed an apparition walking down the steps of the Chinese gardens, and it showed a picture. I mean, I've not got it or anything, but I'm going back years and years ago. Yeah. And it, you know because. Um, I mean, it could have been Lord Levy and whatever, but there was an apparition coming, walking down the steps of the Chinese garden. So it's quite a lot of um, things going on up there. 
when the lady was talking to Mick, she mentioned Great Hill. And we do have a father and son that have had an experience with a UFO um, and some very strange activity on Great Hill. There are numerous accounts around Tockholes area of Winter Hill and Horwich. And she mentioned the Chinese Gardens. And the Chinese Gardens is an area where we have the Rivington Bearman account from a young girl who said he was about six or seven feet tall, completely hair covered and had the face of a bear. We have a couple of red eyes seen in the dark kind of um, activity up there. And then Mick also took a report from a lady with an experience she had in 1984. And she said, I want to share an experience I had back when I was 16 or 17. At the time, I worked at the motorway services and I used to be picked up by a works minibus at the Crown in Horwich about 6am each day. If I was late, as we had no mobile phones then to let the driver know I was running late, the minibus would have gone, which meant I'd have to walk or run to work. The quickest way was down the steps at the top of Crown Lane and across Bob's Brewfields to Squirrel Lane. Then I cut through the farmyard <clears throat> down a track to the services. One morning I was late and it was still dark and I got to the bottom of the steps and there was a huge black dog there. I noticed its eyes first. They were clear, like shining amber, despite it being dark and surrounded by trees. And I stopped, feeling a bit nervous to go past it. There was no light shining on the dog to make its eyes stand out like this. I tried to shoo it away, but it just stood there. When I went closer to try and go past it, it turned off and walked off in the direction I was going. Because I'd been late for work a few times, <clears throat> I was anxious not to be late and I just had to follow the dog. I went across one field and through the gap and then onto the dirt track, up to the bridge to Squirrel Lane. The dog kept in front of me the whole time. In the short time I had to look at the ground after crossing the bridge and up the slope to Squirrel Lane, the dog just disappeared. I didn't think much of it at the time. I just thought it must have belonged to the farm. But there was a niggling feeling inside that I would have seen it on Squirrel Lane had it lived on the farm. Squirrel Lane has hedgerows on either side and there was nowhere the dog could go other than up or down the lane and I would have been able to see it. Also, the farm gates are usually locked and the only way over is you have to go over the stile, which a dog couldn't do. I saw this dog about four or five times in all, always at the same place, and I always lost sight of it in the same place too. I used to talk to it, and I tried to stroke it, but it seemed to glide ahead, and it was always just out of reach. It never made a sound, not even when its feet were in the mud. I should have heard a sloshing or squidging, there's no panting, nothing. I felt almost peaceful with this dog, as if it was escorting me, like it was keeping me safe. Many years later, I was reading a book on the paranormal and black dogs were also mentioned. So whether I was accompanied by a ghostly black dog or whatever it was, was actually real, I don't know. If it was real, I'm sure I would have heard some sound coming from it.
or it would have sniffed me or let me stroke it. So I'd like to thank Mick for getting the interviews for me and for Carol Ant. Um, they're a team that work together and they've been working quite closely with me. Um, they came out with me yesterday to investigate these cases and they also went out um, today with Karen up to Turton Hall um, and they had some very strange events happening, but you'll hear more about that in a future upload. So I will be back on Tuesday at 8pm GMT with our usual live feed. So I hope you'll join me. And if not, I'll see you all next Saturday at 8 for a sighting report. Good night.
Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.